welcome to Rika Saka Mandalorian Podcast. My name is Cork. My name is Rika. I'm Brett. All right. And um, I guess happy May 4th. Woo. Woo. Star Wars Day. I'm taking an exam today. <laughs> yeah, y'all, you guys are all going to be probably having to mute me on text message because I'll be annoying you all day. Oh, yes. Yeah. Actually on May 4th. Which actually, on actually, May 4th yeah. is actually on May 4th. Cork will be annoying us and I'll be taking my firework exam. <laughs> oh, yeah. And was that Tuesday? Tuesday. Yeah. I have a job interview. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be sending you well, message after thing. message. <laughs> I mean, it's at 9 a.m., but I wouldn't put it past you. <laughs> I said, we all know I'm going to stay up till 3 a.m. Just like with, uh, even though I work at 8 a.m. the next day, we know I'm going to be staying up till 3 a.m. Just like the Mandalorian. We'll watch it right when it comes out. I'm not coming over and getting drunk that time. <laughs> Don't all right. <laughs> so today we decided to do Rogue One for May 4th because it's kind of a, it's definitely a very debated movie in the fandom. They either love it or they hate it. Like extremely one way or the other. Like I was looking up reviews. Oh, it's, like, it's one of the most polarizing Star Wars movies. Yeah, people like, will literally be like, this is the best Star Wars movie since the originals. And others will be like, this is the worst Star Wars movie made. This is total trash. I don't know why anyone likes this. And Solo is a thing. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I <laughs> am more like, I am kind of too, I like this one. I was very completely indifferent about Solo. I oh, didn't really care at all. Solo, just, Solo was a Wikipedia They page. took the Wikipedia and they turned it into a script. <laughs> It was too one yeah. thing. Like, it was too checking off a list. Yeah. yeah. This feels like a story. It does, yeah. But a lot of people also, I mean, spoilers, I guess. <laughs> a lot of people were mad that everyone died. Oh, that was the only thing I really liked about it. That's the one thing that I think made me like this Because they can't be around for... Right. I liked that about this movie. I liked that we cut off their storylines. We had them here, and it made the whole event seem a lot more monumental. Yeah. I remember that's why, like, um, you know, for for doing this. This is only the second time I've watched it. I saw it in theaters and I did really like it, but I liked it was the experience of going through it and slowly realizing like, oh, they're just going to kill everyone. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that kind of realizing that in the theater, I was like, this was such a cool experience. I don't know if I want to revisit this movie. Yeah, I felt the same way. I was like, no, it was really no one going to live. Yeah. But I do think that that was the right choice. Yes. Okay, anyway, so it is directed by Garth Edwards and the screenplay is by Chris Weitz and Tony Gilroy. Uh, The story was done by John Knoll and Gary Witta. Sorry, my handwriting got smudged. Um, and it's starring Felice, Felicity Jones and Diego Luna. Um, and it was in 2016 was when it okay. came out. So it was, we, we debated this. It was after Force Awakens. Okay. I don't know why in my mind I thought it was before Force Awakens. It had to be after Force Awakens because yeah. I saw it. And I oh, would not yeah, have I guess that's true. Force <laughs> I guess that's true. Um, so fun, fun fact uh, about this movie. Um, before they finalized the script in one of the uh, original rough drafts, it actually was supposed to have nerfs being herded, which is kind Kind of like an insult in Star Wars universe is you call someone a nerf herder. Or more specifically, Leia calls Han a nerf herder. Yeah. Oh, okay. And yeah. it's like a big joke. It's and a the, big the joke nerf, they almost put it in there. They've, they've called people nerf herders. They've Literally done a bunch like, of different in the stuff. games and just right. in general games, you can get the nerf It's one of those like Star Wars outfit. jokes yeah. oh. that they continually go. It's better than Dank Ferrick. Um, <laughs> nothing is better than Dank Ferrick. <laughs> Except for Mary, maybe Carabas. Okay, Carabas I like is pretty good. I got someone to start watching Rebels. To finish Rebels. Finish, yes. Finish Clone Wars and Rebels. So. <laughs> um, anyway, so the movie opens on a young girl running in a field. She looks like she's running home. Basically, she goes to a family home. They're kind of quickly, frantically packing as we start seeing uh, an Imperial ship land. We also see the mother make a call. And basically, death troopers and an officer of 
approach the house. This is the first time we see the Death Troopers. Okay, yeah. I thought these were Death Troopers. Yeah. I also really like the aesthetics of this opening scene. Very I don't know, something green. about the blacks and the greens and the gray sky. I don't know. Contra I really, all the contrasts. I really like it. So the mother basically sends the daughter away, but the daughter doesn't leave. And there's a confrontation between the officer and, as we hear, Galen Ursa. Yeah, Ursa. Mads Mickelson. Yes, yes. And also the mom is uh, Valerie King. She's been in like a thousand BBC things. Yes. <laughs> right. Okay. I was like, I know I've seen her. Yeah. Um. Yeah, basically the officer says that he needs him for some secret Imperial work and that he doesn't want to go. And basically he tells them that he's going to make all of them come with him. The mom's like, no, screw that. Pulls out a blaster on him like a badass. And basically he says that he knows that they have a daughter and to go look for her. And she is hiding in the grass kind of watching this all. During it, there's like a whole confrontation. Things go wrong. <laughs> the mother dies. We had to have a tragic parent dying story to start off Star Wars. Specifically on a Duke collecting farm. Those are Duke collecting uh, machines. Yeah. So... Oh yeah, they search for the kid. I also like the little toy stormtrooper. That the, that the death trooper finds? Yeah. I don't know why. I think it's cute. <laughs> Um, so Jin ends up realizing that her mom died, running to go actually hide where she was told to hide. And the troopers search and luckily don't find her in her little, in the bunker, in the bunker that her parents put her in to save her from a force that was coming to kill her. Oh, hey. And then a morally ambiguous warrior comes and saves her. <laughs> huh. And her name is Jin. <laughs> I switched two letters, at least it's a Y. So. Yeah. Um, so also, some people knew um, Saul Guerrero between, before this. Barely. He wasn't as big of a character. But he wasn't Clone Wars. He wasn't Clone Wars. Um, and then after... When, when, when did Rebels start? Do you know? 2014, I believe. Then I think his first episode would have been before this. Or right after this. Yeah, here. <laughs> anyway, Saul does have like a whole arc in Rebels. Rebels did start in 2014. Wow, look at me. Oh, he has a big arc in Rebels, and he also has a small, like probably four episode arc in Clone Wars. He too. also makes an appearance on Kashyyyk in the Fallen Order video game. Yeah, he shows up in a lot of places. He's one of those characters that they just keep... He's one of the five black people in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps they showing up. <laughs> so after he takes her from the bunker we cut to present time and Jin is kind of hanging out in what appears to be an imperial prison um we have good times mm -hmm. let me just pour some more wine into my grogu glass <laughs> <laughs> Pause for dramatic <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> All right. Um. So I don't know. Do you guys like this? How much the beginning of this movie kind of jumps from one place to the other? Um. I didn't notice it until I was taking notes for it. Where I was like, Oh, now we're here. Now we're here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I like wanted to make a note of each place we right. were at. In your head, was it missing like the? The Clone Wars just war propaganda voice explaining where no, they No, I just happening. mean like, I just mean we skip through everyone so quickly. Like, it'll be like a few scenes with Fair. a few important lines. Switch to the person again. Few scenes, like a one scene important line. Go. <laughs> Until everyone gets together. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know if I found it. Is the, like it has the names, like it superimposes the names of the planet and like what it does there. Is is that in any other Star Wars movie? Because I don't feel like I've ever noticed that. Because so, that helped a lot. You know what? I don't think it is now that I think about it. 
No, I don't remember it. It might be because there's so much jumping around. They need to streamline things, and they can't like yeah. say like, "Oh, this, this is a single this movie." Funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We couldn't, you know, we like, didn't have time for the scene of like Dan saying like, "Oh, we need to go back to Navarro," and then we're landing on the planet and it's Navarro. Like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, I think the names definitely help, but they were annoying when I kept having to write them down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're on the Ring of Catherine, and we basically see Cassian moving through some alleys to a meeting. Basically, he's told from an informant that an Imperial pilot has defected and uh, says that they are making a super weapon, a planet killer. Um, everyone's like, ooh, I wonder what that could be. Um, <laughs> I mean, even I knew that the first time I saw this, and at that point, I guess I had only seen Force Awakens. Right. So. <laughs> that's, that's honestly another point of contention about this movie is um, in one of the video games, you are a char- your character helps get the planet to basically, at the events of this movie are all in a video game just with different people, different characters, and like the main character Force users. So much people are like, I don't like this because it's not the way I remember it. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah Dis- okay. I, I know, I know. Disney likes to control their canons, but like, and also Star Wars Gatekeeper. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically, during this whole conversation, some troopers find them, Cassian kills them, and his associate isn't able to climb out, so he kills the associate and then climbs out. Yeah, which is a good, just a quick establish, like, oh, we're a morally ambiguous character. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I think it was a good way to do it because he's clearly a main character. He's clearly yes. a protagonist. Um, <laughs> yeah, so then we go ahead on to Jeddah and we basically see these sketchy rebels talking to the capture or to the pilot and basically decide to take him back with them. The pilot, I feel like that's all that happens on Jeddah at this point. Yeah, the pilot who is played by Wiz Ahmed. Yes. I love. Yes, he, he is great. <laughs> so, um, then we're on Mobani, I think is what it's called. And it's a labor camp. And basically, Jin's being taken um, for some from good old-fashioned uh, imperial slave work. Yes. Oh, they do have the caterpillars. The little caterpillar tanks. Did you notice that? No, are they the same as, like, from the Believer? Yeah! Oh, yeah. No, I didn't notice that. <laughs> So as she is on the transport, the rebels blast the doors and release Jin. Jin attacks and is like, fuck this, tries to leave and gets stopped by K2. Mm-hmm. And you really like K2. I do really like right. K2. Yeah. yeah. I do like K2, even though his design creeps me out and I don't like Fallen Order. Well, it's also Alan Tudyk and like, oh yeah, he, that, this, he creeps you on this movie, like playing Fallen Order, I remember you wincing every time because you fight a bunch of them. They yeah. literally are just grabbing you and throwing you. I don't you. like their dimensions. I don't like how long their arms are mm-hmm. compared to their torso. <laughs> oh, look, they, I forgot. She also has on Imperial binders. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Like the weird binders that Disney started selling as a toy. Yeah. Don't say it like you didn't buy them. Oh, I bought them. I have no shame in the fact that I bought them. But Disney knew what they were doing. Yeah, we talked about this. They're for kids to handcuff themselves to sing and kink. Yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. The two of them don't have any kids, so use your information, <laughs> listeners. We put them on Grogu to reenact for we say they're way it. too large <laughs> to fit on Grogu. Yeah, rather. I never said looks correct. <laughs> All right, so then we go to Yavin Four, which is kind of the rebel base at this point. Um, and Jin is talking to the rebel camp. They basically make the point that they know who she is, and they're not believing her her like alias or that she doesn't really know anything. And oh, she's kind yeah, of playing off as like, like I'm no one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, Ray, your parents are no. <laughs> Sorry. So pass it up. our girl Ma Matha Mothma Matha Mothma uh gives her a choice is not really even a choice, an opportunity. Yeah, where... it's basically do this or we're sending you back to the labor camp. Yes. Like, yeah. like what you wanna do. It's not really a choice. Um <laughs> 
So Cassian questions her and basically says that they need a contact to get to Sal and Sal's um, rebels. Is it Saul? Yeah, it is Saul. I watched it with the subtitles on because I know it to the mom. I know. I know who Saul is. I like Saul. Well, I don't like Saul. He's morally ambiguous as well. <laughs> I like young Saul. Yeah. Um, Old one is kind of die for the Yeah, as he gets older and older. He gets, he gets a lot more radicalized. He gets worse and worse. My sister died. Yeah. Yeah. And he off both his Oh, he did a lot of stuff before that. Girl, he was he was being trained how to he had to be trained how to throw grenades. <laughs> well, droid poppers. Yeah. <laughs> I just like that because I think of poppers. So. <laughs> <laughs> um so he tells her about the pilot um and that he had a connection to her father, and she'll be let free if she agrees. So she pretty much agrees. Um as they're leaving, Andor is told secretly that the real goal is to kill Galen, no matter what. Yeah, because uh, it seemed like Jen wants, it kind of was, at least, she, they gave her the option that it seemed like they could bring him back alive. Right. And she seemed pretty gung-ho about that part of it. Right. So, yeah, basically they get to the ship, K2 gives some sass, um, Andor lets her keep her blaster. Well, you can't get that voice actor and not have sass, I'm yeah. sorry. I like K2. K2 is probably my, one of my favorite toys. The line delivery is all very good. And comedic. Yeah, oh, he does yes. really yes. great deliveries with everything. Especially with like the broken mind, like the, the fact he's supposed to be broken. Yeah, yeah, I like that they have Cassian even say that like, oh yeah, he he like does because they think it wrote my notes. <laughs> no, this droid has no filter, and then Cassian's like, yeah, something with this upgrade, he doesn't have a filter. Yeah, and also he just, says like, whatever comes into his. I was gonna say, yes, he has no filter, and also like he kind of has a dark sense of humor on top of everything. Yeah, he does. <laughs> so then we cut to basically Saul. 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 S-A-H. Saul. 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 I don't know if I'm saying it right now. No, yeah. Saul. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry for that, people. For me to say Saul. I was like, what happened? You know, like, you just broke. <laughs> we just have Saul being Saul. He's being dramatic. He's being way too gung-ho about everything. Very ready to kill everyone. Uh, I do also want to say, so the actor who plays him, weirdly, he does play Saul in Rebel and Fallen Order. So he voice acts Saul in those. Really, Forrest Whitaker does? Yeah. yeah. He's like an Academy Award. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. He's so, yeah. And, uh, and Fallen Order, but not Clone Wars. Hmm. Clone Wars, which Clone Wars was earlier. Yeah. Okay. But he was also, so uh, he was also a lot younger. So he didn't have that like shaky quality to his voice. Oh, okay. Because the first time we meet him, he's like probably like 23. Yeah. And like, basically, I don't want to get too much into it, but the whole point, which does Life go into, him down yet. Well, what goes into his whole character later here is like his planet, the Separatists are coming and taking it over. Basically, the Republic won't get directly involved. Mm. So instead, they train the rebels in guerrilla warfare and give them weapons. Okay. So basically, it's just like Anakin, Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, and Rex go and train them. Okay. Like this group of rebels. But his sister and the leader of their group ends up dying in all of this because the Republic didn't just step in and do mm. anything. About okay. It. So he kind of has this whole and that's kind of when he became more radicalized of like, I don't want their help. I don't want anyone's help. Yeah. I want full anarchy. Anyone okay. who does everything wrong should be killed immediately. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But so um, it's Andrew Kishino in Clone Wars and he is also coming back in Bad Batch. Cool. Um, but again, he's younger. Um, so we basically go to the Death Star being constructed and um, I... Uh, 
and the horrible CGI Tarkin. Tarkin looks like, he looks like, because Quark has made me watch a couple of episodes of Clone Wars now. He looks like he's a character from a Star Wars cartoon. Like the shape right. of his face. Yeah. Which may, maybe, I'm sorry. It was like just when they started CGIing dead people and other human yeah. beings. But like, no, just... Just, I know, don't. Just recasting. Well, and here's the thing. It wasn't good enough then. The, even though they had a really good budget for it. Because I think the problem with why Luke looks so bad is they only had a certain amount of mm. their... I mean, even though they have a huge budget, they only had a certain amount of their budget for yeah. th 30 seconds of CGI Luke's face. Yes. yes. But this was a movie. But yeah, I agree with you. Because Leia, it's not great at the end. But it's like two seconds. Plus, it's like Tarkin's interacting with people too much. Well, the lay there's actually an actress who is credited as Leia. I mean, there is technically. Well, they do. Too. She has a she does mocap face, and then they do her face over it, which is probably what they did for Tarkin. Okay. Where they had a body double. Yeah. And then basically uh, did a CGI face on top of them. Yeah. I know, like some like Star Wars people like really attached to this stuff, but like just recast him. Like I'm I sure they could have found been... an actor who looked enough alike. I think yes. I think for. Especially for this, it was too big of a part to do CGI. Yes, and like, I, it's not a huge part, but it was too big. And I get like, I mean, no offense to whoever the actor who initially played Tarkin is, but like that's someone you can just recast. Like I get them not wanting to recast Carrie Fisher because that's just you you can't. Like that that would be too much because like you know like everyone's way too attached, especially you know how she ended up dying and everything. So like that I get, but like this is he was just in, but he was yeah. yeah yeah like and he did become a fan favorite and he did also. He had showed up a lot. He he was in Clone Wars. He showed up a lot in comics. He had like I think he was in a few novels. Like he did became a big character. Yeah. But yeah, I do understand on screen he really wasn't that big of a character. Yes. Yeah, so um, I, I, yeah, and yes, he does look like the Clone Wars animation. <laughs> yes. It's so weird. I was like the shape of his face looks like all the fucking clones from Clone Wars. I don't understand. <laughs> the stupid way too white clones. They're way too white. Yeah, they are. They're way too white. Yeah, uh, I agree. All right, so after we leave from, you know, zombie animated Tarkin, uh, we basically go to Jin's having a little flashback dream of her in what appears to be an Imperial apartment um, and her dad talking to the asshole Imperial commander yeah. guy, the main villain of this. Yeah, Krennic. Uh, yeah, Krennic. Yeah, Krennic. thank you. I saw it on the subheaders a bunch and I never wrote it down. I feel really bad. <laughs> I don't think I did either. I just remembered it. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, So she wakes up. They're on the ship. They're arriving in Jeddah. Um, yeah, we haven't talked about the ship yet. <laughs> yeah, the U-Wing, which it's you a, really like. I like the U-Wing, honestly. Um, just even from a design standpoint, like Star Wars has some really weird ship design, but I just dig, especially because it is support class and rebel trans and uh troop transport ship with all the seats underneath which in squadrons if you put on your vr it's the support class healer mm -hmm. if you put on a vr headset and play the game you can actually look behind you and see all the seats down below oh, nice. and such but um yeah it's just a good ship you said it also makes an appearance in rebels mm -hmm. um but yeah i just honestly i love the design when the wings are forward and then they pull back versus like yeah it looks really it looks a lot like it sleeker. looks like a spaceship versus it looks a lot sleeker than most of the star wars ships yes. that usually look kind of yeah. Um, so they are arriving in Jeddah and they basically see a huge Star Destroyer over the main slash holy city. Mm -hmm. Um, and Jen asks what they're doing, basically said Saul kept going after their um uh, their cargo ships, so they had to do destroy uh, star destroyer to protect them, and that they are taking out kyber crystals. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they're stripping them from the temple. 
Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. I feel like I understood much more about this movie because of the <laughs> podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I would not have known what I because um, I remember the first time I was like, "Well, this looks fun," and um, you know, Force Awakens. But now I'm just like, "Oh, Crab Crystal's Temple." Okay. <laughs> so we cut for a few seconds to see Saul torturing uh, Bodhi for the truth in a really dramatic way with a ridiculous tentacle monster. That oh, this thing is gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Saul's like. It'll find the truth. It will always search out the truth. He was going on in the background. Yeah, he's always background. just like he's just like robot feet and screaming. Like is all he like or like I I guess it's because he has like here. Yeah, he someone is. doesn't watch enough hentai. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, no, the tentacle is gross. <laughs> it was also, also animation. No, yeah. <laughs> like I said, I can't even watch three episodes of Clone Wars. Do you think I'm watching hentai? Well, this is this is literally Disney Renaissance. I am no on animation. Uh, and the X-Men would have been Yeah, yeah. yeah. The cartoon. <laughs> well, yeah, all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so we basically cut back into Jetta City, and I also just love the set of Jetta City. The I world think. building is, like, solid. Yeah, yeah, I really love it. It did, weirdly, weirdly, it kind of gave me, like, um, it kind of gave me pandemic anxiety watching oh, it. Oh, of how today. crowded it is. <laughs> it is very crowded. I keep thinking of that when I watch stuff now. I'm like, why aren't you wearing masks? Yeah. We also had the EU. Uh, oh, what? Are, I don't even remember their names. Pondo. Yeah, it's Pondo. Pondo and his other guy. They run into it. He's like, oh. There's the guys who warned Luke in the original trilogy. Oh, in so the bar. Like, yeah, they're in Moss Eisley. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I fucking remember in the yeah. theater. Yeah. You and that guy who gave us the napkins to use as tissues. <laughs> oh, both had like oh, when they showed up. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> Everyone in this universe has at least one spin in the Moss Eisley Tavern. Yes. <laughs> Cantina. Why did I say that? I, I was like, Tavern Tavern's gone. <laughs> oh my god. I would just kill myself with a best path. <laughs> of course, me. I just have a, a best path leg around my house. Of course you do. Drink my wine in your Grogu glass and continue with the week. All right. All right. <laughs> so as they're walking, um, Chirrut, 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 yeah. It is. Notices uh, Jin's necklace because it's a little kyber crystal. Mm-hmm. And basically is being kind of, you know, ambiguous and vague. Yeah. Can I Because ask... it's a not force using force user. Come on. Yeah. Okay, because her mom um, gave her the necklace and that said trust the force and that was like, I was just like, wait, what is the state of the force? But, so I didn't realize it was a kyber crystal, but I was just the fact mm-hmm. that she said like trust the force and I was like, oh, this is, so I guess what, I mean, I know they say so like at some be... point like the Jedi are mostly gone and then like there's a very like, we're connecting this to the original trilogy with Jimmy Smith and everything. I'm like, reach out to your one friend who's been in hiding for lots of years. Just but, before um, well, I know in the timeline, but I'm no. saying like, because clearly it ends like with Leia. Jin's being family is like Christmas Easter Christians. Okay, with Jedi. Okay, thank you. <laughs> They're like we're kind of there. We're kind of religious, but we're not not all that. Okay, okay, that's. We'll give you a cross necklace for like your tenth birthday. Mm-hmm. But if you lose it, it's all right. Here's <laughs> yeah, your first communion present if you lose it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's kind of like that. Okay. Um, we're in front basi- of Grandma on Easter. <laughs> we're basically people believe in the Force, but that doesn't mean that they're, like, really into it. Okay. And uh-huh. honestly, like, yeah, the whole thing. And clearly they're not Jedi. And yeah, and even, like, at this time, Jedi are just kind of mythicized, like, oh, they were these magic users. And- yeah, it would more be like someone, like, believing in karma. Yeah. Like, okay. believing in the Force would be kind of like believing in karma. Okay. Oh, I also love Cassian. Just the whole thing. I just wrote down, I think Cassian's neat. <laughs> That's all I wrote down. 
Um, oh, also on the tank when they're on the when the um, stormtroopers are on the tank. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that the one in the tank is wearing the um, the armor that Din wears in Believer? Yes. Oh no, I it's wear... a slightly different color, but it's yeah, mm-hmm. it's that armor. It's not as dark, but it's that same weird helmet. Yeah, with the frowny face. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, a tank is moving through the city, um, transporting kyber crystals, and Saul's rebels attack the transport and try to take the crystals back. Mm-hmm. Basically a huge firefight starts. Um, basically Jin and Cassian just kind of get stuck in the middle of it. Try to escape until Jin decides to save a little girl mm-hmm. and they kind of get stuck in the firefight. Yeah. It's a K2 droid. Yes. It has a mini hitting attack and then RK2 walks in. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you're like, how did you know that wasn't me? I knew. <laughs> yes. And even in this fight, um, because it, it looks, there's a rebel who looked, who's up on, or one of Saul's rebels is like up on a bunch and looks like he's about to throw a grenade down onto the thing and we're caught a giant explosion. And Cassian shoots him. Yes. So it's still the thing of like, he's still kind of like playing both sides and just trying to protect like him and Jin and no one else. Right. Basically. So right. he's a really true alliance rebel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he is like, we need to stay with this group that we've made. And Saul is more like, I hate the Republic and I want them to die and I don't want to follow the rules you yeah. want to follow. Yeah. Because Saul started with the Alliance and then mm. left the Alliance. Yes. What do I want to say? Oh, I also love that Jin's blaster. First of all, I love how it looks in general. One of the blasters I'm considering for my costume. But it also it also goes out into a baton. Oh, that was just her blaster? That yes! Oh, that's her blaster, cool. blaster goes out and becomes a baton. Love it's it. Also, another thing, that's why, that's why you liked Ezra's first uh, lightsaber too. Yes. Because it's a blaster and a lightsaber. Yeah, he had a blaster in the handle of his lightsaber. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. He was also like, um. <laughs> <laughs> So, basically, K2 tries to convince the guards pretty badly, and uh, Cassian tries to help him, and then he slaps him, which ends up kind of working. Also, this is kind of like a famous story now, but that was not scripted. The slap wasn't, and it was just done. Like, the like Alec Tunic just decided to... Well, Alec Tunic was the body actor. Like, the, oh, right. Was. So he slapped um, Diego Luna in the face on like the one thing so actually when he puts his hand up if you look carefully he's smiling behind his hand because he was laughing so hard at like how unexpected it was and he was trying to like keep it like together because he knew it was good <laughs> yeah so if you look back you can kind of see that um, yeah so that was totally improv but they don't believe him because K2 is very bad yeah, at this yeah. um, but Turret comes to their defense and basically is like let them pass and they're like this what the hell is this guy he's doing? Um, I know one of us troopers are like, are like he's blind. They're like, is he deaf too? Or yeah. something? He's just, he's just in his own thing. I also, this is one of like my all-time favorite Star Wars fights. Cheering that boss. And boss might be my favorite characters. And I think they're my two favorites. I love them and they're definitely gay. I literally put they're married. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And then past that, I just referred to them as the husbands. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, they're so married. Uh, also, at this point, Charles just sitting like after the fight, he's just sitting on a dead trooper. <laughs> like he just sits down on. A dead oh, you trooper. know he knows it too because he doesn't oh. see. Oh he yeah, he sees with the force. Oh yeah, he knows. He knows it is 
I love them mm-hmm. so much. And basically, Saul's rebels come, and Jin's like, if you kill me, you're gonna have to answer to Saul Gorora. And they're like, yeah, why is that? And she's like, because I'm, yeah, like, I'm, I'm Ursa, yeah. Urso's daughter. Yeah. I keep actually saying Ursa, like Sabine Ursa. No, 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 Ursa Red. Yeah. I'm saying the wrong Not person. fair. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not fair. Yeah. I think this movie gets across the point way better than any other Star Wars media, is how big the ships really are. Yes. Yeah. Like, the fact that that... That destroyer is as big as Genesis City. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really, I don't know. I don't feel like any of them have the scale. And I feel like this is the point where the CGI didn't look bad. No, I think the visuals in this are amazing. It's literally just the, the talking cartoon. But other than that, yeah. everything looks really good. Yeah. I Maybe so. a little bit in like the last fight, sometimes when like the planes are going like really fast and there's like a ton of them. It looks like a little bit yeah. fakeish, but like it's still not, but it's like it's a space battle in Star Wars. I'm not expecting it to, you know, be perfect. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And since from, especially since not too long ago I watched part of this, the prequel trilogy okay. this seems like woo, so much better <laughs> oh my god that looked horrible yeah. so they basically get taken to Saul's hideout Cassian and the husbands get locked in the brig or whatever yeah some cell there <laughs> so basically they take Jin to Saul yeah. and Saul is basically kind of disappointed that she's still not you know that she's not really a rebel anymore and she feels kind of betrayed because he basically abandoned her when she was 16 because you know in 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 classic classic Saul way he's like oh well they might have killed you so I abandoned you for your safety like I feel like that like protective but also like separated from it oh he's like kind of toxic right (laughs) yeah and he was already like well you are my best fighter so I didn't need to be there to protect you I knew you could protect her Right. Protect yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just she's been she's been abandoned by both her dads. Mm-hmm. Daddy issues Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. I literally wrote down that he's dramatic and paranoid, but it makes sense. <laughs> Jim basically doesn't see any reason to still be fighting that. She pretty has much has the believer mindset of uh, you know, yeah. who cares who rules? The downtrodden are still gonna be Yeah, she does basically just kind of say kind of what the Mandalorian was trying to say in season two of like it doesn't matter who's in charge, our lives are the same. Right, like, like so at one point says uh uh, you can stand to see the Imperial flag fly around the galaxy and she says it isn't a problem if you don't look up. Um, and so yeah. That really hits, hits the point home of like if, you, if you're just going out your shit and already fucked over who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Which hits differently than this did when we first saw it. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> In December 2016. And I was like mm, you just look up and, and there's a confederate or a Nazi flag there. It's like uh, no that's different now. But when yeah. it was there I was like oh okay I guess. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, they decide, oh, this goes back up to the Imperials, and they decide that they need to do a demonstration to see how the Death Star is going. Yes, because the talking cartoon does not believe that it is as powerful as Krennic is saying. Right. Um, <laughs> so they decide that they are going to destroy the city, basically to make a symbolic gesture. To say, see, we've already taken out all the Jedi, and now we're going to take out Jettison. Yeah. Going back to Sal's place. See, this is what I mean. It's like, I keep thinking, like, yeah, like, we're here, jump, jump, and then we're back. Jump, jump. Then we're here, and then we're back. <laughs> so we're back at the Saul's hideout, and Chirat notices that the pilot is in the next cell. He's basically mm-hmm. like, who's in the next cell? Yeah. Is this the guy everyone's looking for? And he is seriously fucked up after being tortured by the chemical monster. Because Saul said that it, it could make it reveal the truth, but it could also make a side effect because you're going to lose your mind. Yeah. So yeah, that kind of seems like what happened to the pilot. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, so during this, Saul shows um, Jim the message from Galen. Basically says that since he was taken and she, they never found her, he either figured out that either she was dead or she was so well hidden they were never going to find her. So he decided he could kill himself or try to leave. But instead he decided just to lie and act like he was just so desperate he was throwing himself into the work because he had nothing else. Mm -hmm. um, because he knew that if either of those things happened, if he left, all they'd do was find another scientist to replace him. Yeah. So instead he decided to work in a trap into it with a big, large plot hole flaw. <laughs> plot device flaw here. See, I kind of like that they gave it like an actual explanation. Yes, they do kind of like it. Right. Like, because before it was like, oh, really? They hit that vet and the whole thing explodes. That makes sense. Yeah. But it's a very blatant webcon, but it is kind of like, well, okay. That makes sense, I guess. It's like, all right. I, I, I get it. <laughs> and it will basically blow up the reactor module and the plans are on Scarif and they need to go there to get the structural plans and they will be able to find the target. Mm -hmm. During all this, they fire the Death Star. Jetta City is being destroyed. Mm -hmm. Cassian and the husbands escape during the explosion. Mm -hmm. And then they get the pilot and Jin and call K2 to come pick them up. Mm -hmm. And K2 says that thing of like, oh, we have a problem. We have a problem on the horizon. There is the horizon. Yes, it's just like the visuals in this are amazing when like it, yeah, yeah, just exploded. Yes, it is really cool. That and it does look like amazing of how yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say that too. Is I like you know we never got to see the destruction of like Endor or well not like Alderaan. No. Oh I mean, yeah, yeah, but like we didn't get to see like how the Death Star worked on the planet. Yeah, you know it is interesting to like be like oh it literally ripped the whole world. <laughs> yeah through and what it would look like being on the planet. Mm -hmm. Um, so Saul decides he's gonna stay. He's done with this bullshit. But also, uh, can you, how old is he? Can you look up the Wikipedia real quick? Of who? Of Saul Guerrero. Yeah, give me a second. Because he can't be that old. He seems way, cause in Clone Wars, okay. <laughs> Clone Wars, he was like 25, like I said. Mm. This uh, is like 10 years old. Yo, now. he was four. Oh, God, where is he? It doesn't say when he was four. Oh. It says he died at uh, on Jetta right. 0 BBY. <laughs> right, but what I'm saying is the Clone Wars took place at like 20 BBY. Yep. And Rex was like in his 20s, so he's probably 12. Mm. And him and Saul were like the same age. Uh, it doesn't specify. And then what? Rex in Clone Wars is like 30. Yeah. And he looks like he's 60, so Saul should really be like 40. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not making any sense. Yeah, literally. But whatever. Whatever. Sure, I guess. So I was like, well, maybe he like was really trying to extend his life with all these cybernetic implants. Well, that's what it seems, at least. Right. But then I was like, wait, this would be like zero BBY. This is right at the Battle of Yavin. What do we decide? You age faster if you spend time on Tatooine? I mean, spend too much time on Tatooine. He was in Jeddah. It was close enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Desert flying. Desert. But the fact that Rex looks like the same age as him and Rex literally ages twice as quick and they looked the same age up. I mean, yeah. torturing and like, you know, losing your life most of does age you. Yeah. So, like the army. I mean, he's been a rebel leader. Yeah. Like how the president's aged very fast. All right. right. It was, it was, Rex was part of a genocide, but okay. <laughs> I was going to say they both. Yeah, but he was bred to be part of a genocide. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say they both been through some shit. Like, <laughs> one of them just genetically coded to deal with that. <laughs> True. He was made to specifically bring about a genocide. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was strange. I was like, wait, he can't be that old. <laughs> anyway, so they managed to escape. It's kind of a close call. They basically jump into hyperspace and just miss some rocks and rocks. peace out of there. Yeah. So we go back to the Empire, and they're like kind of happy, but weirdly kind of quiet. And our boy, I can't remember his name. Karnak. Karnak. 
Krennic. He's pissed because Tarkin basically said that he's going to take credit for the success. Yes. Um, also, the Empire still stays very undiverse. Yes. So I feel like the rebels are a little bit more diverse. Yeah. The main cast. They have a they have a they have a uh, woman problem, but um, other than that, yes, right. they are very diverse. Yeah, they have. A, see, they have like three women, yeah. and they put them in power, like positions of power, and they were like diversity. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. There's one scene I'll point it out that it's very blatant of like. Oh, man. Also, yeah. I get it with the casting, but unless we're part of the main cast... It's not that diverse. Huh? And no, everyone is British, which I get, like, we film in England, but, like, it's just, like, unless you're part of the main cast, you're British. Like, if you're a side character, you're British. Yeah. Which is just, like, what? Isn't, didn't they technically say that that was the Coruscant accent? Yeah. Oh, so it makes sense. Oh, I guess it's so in university. It makes sense for the senators. But, like, what... Yeah. You know what? That I was going to say, why does it make sense for Ray? But now that I think about that, Palpatine, kids... Yeah. They probably grew up on Coruscant. She probably picked up accent when she was young enough from her parents. And still ex- explain, uh, explain the Space Boston accent. What planet is that now? <laughs> we don't know. It's real far off somewhere. Yeah. Space Southie. It's, it's, it's real far south. It's not past Mandalore. <laughs> just keep going. You guys keep saying down. I'd say it's more, you know, up and kind of to the uh, the east a little bit. <laughs> well, we were talking about Boston. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Just, so we know where Boston is, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, we have a real cool moment of them all looking very sad on the shuttle when they decide that they're going to go to Edu. Yes, I. Okay, I. This was the point where I was just like, okay, I do really like this. I like the like crew or like the main little class that becomes like the, the like crew of the ship because there's a very quick throwaway line. But um, Riz Ahmed is Bodhi, and I'm saying the same mm-hmm. is like they say that he's a local boy. So this is like his home planet. Yeah, yeah. And then um, and then the husbands were both guarding a Jedi temple on this planet. So they've yeah. at least lived here for a very long time and it's Bodhi's home, bl- home pa- planet. Yeah. So I like that the three of them are so mm. upset about what just happened. Like, it's like Jin and like and Cassian are flipped out about what happened, but they seem genuinely upset. Yes. And I do really like that. Yeah, and I, sure, it's like, how much? Like, how, how bad? He's like, yeah, how much? It's like, all of it. It's all of it. Yeah, and yeah. then, yeah, and then they cut to Bodhi and he looks like he's gonna cry. Yeah. Like, yeah. Bodhi always looks like he was gonna cry. Yeah. He's, he's baby. He's baby. Yes. I just wanted baby. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I definitely agree. I do like that. See, I think only this time did I really pick that up. I knew that they were both guardians, but I guess I really didn't pay too much attention about the fact that they were on Jedha, which is dumb. I should have. It's, it's also one line, I think. For Bodhi. Yeah, this was the first time I caught the Bodhi one. Oh, I think even for the husbands, because I think it's yeah. uh, Cassian says something like, oh, all these guards used to, they used to guard the temple, but now the temple's gone. There's nothing for them to do. And then um, I think Vaz says something like, oh, yeah, like, cure it was one of the most dedicated guards in the temple or something. No, actually, Curit says that about Boz. Oh. Says that now he doesn't believe in them. Okay. Now it makes him mad okay. that he's so devoted. Because they're husbands. Yeah. They're married and they, they bicker all the time. Yes. <laughs> so, Bodhi basically says that Galen inspired him when he finds out that Jin is Galen's daughter. And I don't know if we said Bodhi got the, the mess. He was the one who got the message to Saul. So right, of course. So he yeah. he was Galen. the pilot. He brought the message and he had oh, had yes. direct contact with Galen and basically says to Jin that, like, 
like, oh, your your father inspired me to do this. He said that I could make it right. That, like, if I just followed what was in my heart, I could do the right thing. And so Jen basically is like, well, you did. Like, there's still another chance. Like, we still have more. Because he's like, but I guess it was all too late. And she's like, it's not too late. I have the message. This is what we need to do to destroy this weapon. Cassian doesn't really believe her. Cassian is like, oh, did anyone else see it? Yeah. Nope. Okay. Then you could be bullshitting. And I don't think he specifically doesn't believe her, but I think he recognizes that there's not enough evidence to launch a military assault based on. Yes. Yeah. Because he's more just like, did anyone else see it? And he asked Bodhi if he saw it. And then he's just like, did you grab the message? And she's like, well, no, it happened too fast. Like, uh, yeah. So I think, yeah, that is a little bit of his. I don't think it's that he disbelieves her. It's just like that, like, you know, the council is not going to approve of this. Well, like he says later that he was literally started fighting with the rebellion when he was six. Yeah. Well, he said this all started for me when I was six. So I mean, like, oh, he said I've been with, I've been in this fight since I was six. Yeah, but I thought that was more like his parents okay. were killed or his whole planet was destroyed or something. Yeah, and he probably got taken in by rebels. Yeah. That doesn't mean he was, you know, Mandalorian fighting core had to start fighting when he was six. All right, no. But he, <laughs> he was trained as a spy. So you get a 13 year old to do your spy work. Six year olds, probably not going to do that. Six year olds, yeah, they're not going to pay enough attention. Yeah. He's going to be trying to hang out with Grogu with Coruscant Temple. <laughs> um. <laughs> Anyway, and I think uh, I think Chirad is like, oh, well, I believe I believe her. And yeah, and he's like, like, well, that's nice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Um, and Jin wants to rescue Galen, and he's like, oh yeah, sure, we'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, even think, more so now because she knows like he wasn't actually yeah ever really dedicated. Yeah, to I think the she was more looking for answers. Yes, and also just to get this part of her life over with. Mm-hmm. And now she's like, oh no, he didn't fuck up. He was always in this fight. Yeah. I should. Continuous yeah, and it wasn't like he didn't truly abandon her. He knew she'd be safer if he didn't try to find her. Yeah. So they make it to Edu, and it's a stormy, shitty planet. Mm-hmm. Again, the visuals in this I idea. Do really like the visuals, yeah. yeah. Um, so again, I just wrote, Bodhi's so cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, oh, we gotta go lower. You gotta go go lower to the cannon. Oh, when he's like crouching <laughs> between the two pilot chairs, being like, no, no, do this. I don't know, something about his face is like, his eyes get so big. He just looks so sad. Yeah, <laughs> um... <laughs> So they totally fucking crashed the ship. Yes. Near a shuttle depot. Um, It's clear that it doesn't look like the ship's getting back off the ground. Cassian basically says that like, oh, well, he's going to go out and get a scope and he's going to bring... Bodhi with him and everyone else is going to stay. Mm-hmm. And he brings a weapon and Chirad and Boz are clearly kind of suspicious of him. Yeah. And Jin's like, well, I can come. And he's like, no, 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 you stay here. Yeah, he and says, she, you're the messenger, we can't rescue Right. And, and everyone's like, well, we heard it and K2 repeats it exactly as he said. And he was like, I'm going by myself. <laughs> and leaves. So Jin's immediately suspicious. And then Chirad's like, did he look like he's going to kill someone? Yeah, I think he asked Boz <laughs> to see the killer's face. And he's like, I don't know, maybe. And then Jim's no, like, said, what the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> yes, see, Star Wars, everyone's gay. Mm. They might not be, in this case, they are homosexual. But they <laughs> might not be homosexual, but they are gay. Mm. Um, <laughs> they are 100% homosexual. I worked out a line that happens later at the sequence. So I <laughs> keep going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so basically, we cut to them. Climbing, climbing some rocks, and then we come back to Jin putting on her Star Wars rain gear, which I love. I love that there is so much Star Wars rain gear because even when a Krennic comes in like the opening scene, it looks like his Imperial rope thing. It looks like it's waterproof. I love it. I love <laughs> his cape all is the water- ponchos. Yes. I was gonna say I'm about Star Wars. Uh, the ponchos and the vests. <laughs> so many you know ponchos. About Star Wars poncho game. I don't know if I've not noticed it in the other ones, but like I really like the costumes in this one. Oh yeah. You know what? I remember specifically this one. Has- has probably I remember, the best costumes on. I there's so many good jackets. I do. <laughs> I remember, 
specifically in this one thinking, I love all these fucking outfits. And I watch a lot of fucking Star Wars. Yeah. So if I'm like really considering like, oh, I love this, mm-hmm. I think it does stand out. And yeah. I think that this, I mean, I would wear all of these outfits. Oh, yeah. 100%. Every single one. So you gotta remember, there's also like a bunch of non-force using and non-soldier types. Yeah. They get to wear the everyday clothes. Right. They're wearing like yeah. rebel spy stuff. So they're just looking like kind of this everyday chance. street people. This, is, this yeah. really was their first chance to like make, well, what is their everyday clothes look like in a Star More Han Solo shit. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Uh, right. Costume design is by David Crossman and Glenn Dillon. Okay. Just okay. a shout out to them since yeah. complimenting the costumes. <laughs> I do also know specifically that those are not, are they, they're the different people from the man. Okay. I just was thinking like if it was a spy. Yeah. But I there's think not that, very many, like as Brett was just saying, like regular spy clothes. Right. There's not regular. It's all like armor and like going for as like a magistrate clothes. But even when we're right. looking at like just the non main people in like Mandalorian, it's still like, there's usually, they're usually wearing some kind of uniform. Yeah. Yeah, even like Pelly has like a mechanics outfit on. Yeah, I feel like Pelly's like the only one who's like the closest. I was about to say I would actually think the most normal clothes we see the whole time would be Ahsoka. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Ahsoka like Fennec, I guess. That's still a soldier outfit. Fennec has all that leather. Yeah, that's too much leather. (laughs) That's still a soldier. That's still that's that's expensive. Um, Everyone else is wearing like shitty canvas. Um. So anyway, wow. Now that we got sidetracked, (laughs) what the fuck are we talking about? Uh, We're we're, oh, oh, everyone's coming out. Jen left in her poncho. Yes, the poncho. Cut us onto that that tangent. Um, Who has ADD? What? <laughs> so then Turret's like, all right, I'm going after her. And he's just like, he, yeah. And then uh, Baz is, is like, I don't remember what he said. He says something about like, good luck or something. And the Turret responds, I don't need luck. I have you. Yeah. That's he's gay. Like, That's gay. And he's like, bus size then follows. I literally wrote, what did I put? Turret follows Jin, nags Baz into coming with him. <laughs> um, and also, like, so basically, Cassian and uh, Bondi, Bond, Bodhi, Bondi, Blondie, <laughs> Blondie mixed with Buddha, yes. <laughs> They're going up the rocks and they find like a good spot, and he basically tells him to leave. He's gonna stay there and um, check it out. And he's like, Well, you just said we were gonna check it out. And he's like, Yeah, I'm here. I'm looking. Go find us a shuttle. See, I just, I think why it hit me. I don't know if I realized it so much the first time. I feel like why the ending hit me so much that I didn't want to rewatch this until now is because I do really like the dynamics of this crew, of the thing of like, well, based on his experience, like Cassian's in charge, but really no one like trusts him. And they're all, then they're all kind of like all speaking their minds because they're all literally from, because they, you know, they were just all tossed together right now. And like, except for Cassian, no one's really a part of the rebellion. So it's just like, I do think that is a good point of it is that none of them, at this point, none of them trust each other. No, and so, and they're all kind of like, they're deciding shared ideal, but none of them really are friends except for the husband. Yeah, and they're kind of deciding things almost by committee, sort of, because it's just like, because even like when, when, like, you know, when, it was like when Jane said like, well, why are you making me stay back? Like, everyone knows the message and then K2 says it and then like the husbands are just like, ah, he looks like a killer. And then just like, wait, what are you talking about? And then she goes and then they come and like, yeah, yeah, and even they are like, Bodhi's questioning what Cassian's doing. Like, I like the whole dynamic of their That is so unstructured. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. So, uh, during this time, as Jin's following, she sees a ladder going up to the platform to basically try to get there quicker than Cassian gets a shot out, I guess. Um, Also, 
also, this ladder is a classic example of the uh, Imperial workplace hazards. Oh god, there's so many coming up. You say Imperial workplace hazard, I say Star Wars death death utilities. Right. It just it just like no, that ladder just way too far up. Way too far up, there's no there's no like okay. OSHA would have a date. There is no yeah. harness straps. It's just, and also the platform has no like lights at the of end. Of course it, it doesn't. Come on, do you there's need no to see Star Wars? Wars? The only person who sees this is Mithril. Mithril's the only one who knows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he, he worked for the very, very small Star Wars ocean before he started desolate grief and then had to just be a denturing servant. No, he did that when he was a polywog. From that, grief is like he's been working for me since he was a polywog. And then he decided to do some creative accounting. It's a polywog. Baby like, frog. Yeah, like right after a, a tadpole. When you have legs but are also kind of a tadpole. Oh. Polywog. Apparently he was a child doing his accounting work. So like, wait, wait, wait. So the start of the Mandalorian grief is literally sending Din after a like kid who betrayed him. Well, he was a kid at this point. He was an adult then. Yeah, no, but so, but but a kid that that he had to do his accounting, and then grew up into an adult who decided to embezzle. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, it could just be grief saying ridiculous words. <laughs> gay. <laughs> Drink every time I just say gay, just like that. <laughs> um. So anyway, uh, Cassian sees Galen on there. The shuttle of the Imperials arrive, and he sends Bodhi back. Um, Cassian kind of is watching through his scope as the engineers are being threatened. He basically brings the engineers up and says, like, you know, one of you has betrayed the Empire. Was it me, Jesus? (laughs) (laughs) Who is it? You know, and when none of them respond, he's like, all right, then I guess it was a group effort. I'm going to kill you all. So he has the Death Troopers. I mean, he wasn't wrong. <laughs> he has the Death Troopers aim, and Galen is like, No, no, it was me, it was me, I did it. Yeah. You spare them, they had nothing to do with it. I sent the pilot. Cassian at this point has a shot, but doesn't take it. Yeah. And the Death Troopers end up killing all the engineers anyway. Yeah. Classic Empire style. Yep. And at this point, Cassian then sees Jin on the platform. So they also realize that the rebels are coming to bomb this place, yeah. which I'm sorry, I forgot to say this. They decided to do after the ship crashed and they could couldn't get contact with the ship. They assumed that they were shot down and they just needed to destroy the base and just make sure Galen uh, or so was dead. Okay, I think I missed that the first time because I was right. just like, why are the rebels coming? I didn't get that. Right, they were like, can you calm them? Can you calm them? They're like, no, the comms are dead. Oh, okay, that's yeah. okay. And so then when they finally get able to report back to the fleet, basically they say, we're, we're they're already engaged. We can't do anything. They're gone. Yeah. Um, so at this point, basically chaos ensues on the platform. X-Wings are bombing. There's like a whole fire fight going on. Jen gets stuck in an explosion, falls to the ground. Um, I just put Chirrut's the coolest. He does that weird thing where he like, he does like a uh, licks your finger, feels the air thing and then with that weird bow thing like shoots down a, a fighter. He shoots a type fighter and then specifically it spins out and then it crashes into the main part of the base and explodes. Yeah! And I was like, how the hell did you even do that? that He's was the coolest. <laughs> He's way cooler than a Jedi. Also, can I say about how that is such Star Wars cliche for years and years and years. Making force users, or I would say that he's at least force sensitive, making them blind. That is... I mean, it's in Rebels. it's in the Sith Wars, it's in Rebels, it's in other comics. I think it's in the new one of the High Republic. Yeah, it's it's, it's a huge. They, think they are I blind, get it, the blind heightened senses. The, they can see through the Force. They use the Force to see. It's always that. They love doing that. 
So, as oh, this can co- I just shout out another Star Wars podcast who's like a couple of our stuff on Twitter? Of course. Their name is Resilient Squadron, and they um, just did one talking about um, disability representation. And I think, I think oh, really? in the series, but it looks like it's a picture for me. I don't know if that's Rebels or, or Clone Wars. That's Bad Batch. That's Bad Batch. We were having this conversation earlier about okay, how so they represent a different. So, they were just talking about representation in the series. So, like, yeah, I guess more into they, I'm sure they have a much better perspective oh. on it than we do. Well, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this when we talk about Bad Batch in general. But all I'm going to say is that Bad Batch is literally the exact... It, it is 100% the whole point of it is representation of disabilities and neurodivergent people. Mm-hmm. Everyone seems to represent a specific, like, neurodivergent thing, and then Echo is physical disabilities. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, like, that's literally the whole Weirdly point. Weirdly enough, yeah. Okay. It tracks with each person. Right. Like, <laughs> it's a lot. As we were thinking about today, and I was like, oh my god. I, well, I made that joke, and then I... Like, I literally said, Brett, I was like, I think all of them are meant to be autistic. And I said, no, I because like, one of them is definitely bipolar, and then the other one and is I was like, yeah, AD, attention deficit. But I would say tech and hunter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is totally sidetracked, and I'll say this real quick. But the whole point is, like, tech is very analytical, is very... Um, Deadhead. Yeah, but also oh, very okay. focused on um, Logic. collecting data yeah. and getting a logical answer out of it. While they are... All, all five of them are really bad at social cues. <laughs> and then hunter is, like... Literally, his superpower that makes him the bad batch is that he's hypersensitive to everything. Okay. Like, literally, his superpower is that he has hypersensitivity. So his hearing is super high, his sight is super high, and he, he can feel electromagnetic field. Hmm. And so it's like, and then we have Echo, who literally has no legs and one arm. Okay. And like, it, it's a very, it's an interesting mix of people. Of, yeah. Was the whole point of this? I, I hope that that wasn't their plan, but the whole point is that they're like... De- defective, but... In Camino's eyes, defective. Mm-hmm. Clones, but they are super. And they're yeah, but they end up being better. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, with the community was like killing kids that they didn't have. To Dude, they were they them. were eugenic eugenicists. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Their idea of an imperfection is the oh. wrong color eyes. Defective. Listen. Yeah. yeah. Technically, Rex was probably seen as defective for having blonde hair. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he probably had to fight not to be killed. Um, anyway, though, that was totally sidetracked because I'm really excited about that batch. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely going to look up that batch we'll myself. Um, the rebels that attacked the right. platform, everything and got blown up. Eventually, Jin makes it to Galen um, as he is dying. Every single time I watch this, this scene fucking gets me and makes me cry. <laughs> Every time. It's sad, and he's like, uh, you can't tell if he even thinks it's real. Like, if he even, like, yeah. like I feel like he thinks that it's just, like, a death hallucination. Well, I feel like even right before, like, he, like, everything was blown up, she ran up, and she was just, yeah, she was able to yell, like, father, and then everything, like, then they all got exploded backward. Yeah. So, yeah, I... And then I hate that the last thing he says is, I have, I have so much to tell you. I don't know, I was like, oh, every time I'm like, because that's how you would feel if you reunited with, like, this family member you haven't yeah. seen in so long. And it's Matthew Eccleston, so of course he's great. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, Cassian has to drag her away, and Bodhi gets them on an Imperial shuttle and gets them out of here before the whole base is blown up. Um, there's like a confrontation on the shuttle where Jin is like, this whole plane was to kill him, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what all this was. And he was basically like, I had an opportunity to shoot him and I didn't. <laughs> Thinking that that makes him some kind of... A guy. Which is basically what she says, like, that's not really the point. Like, yes. you were bringing me on a mission to kill my dad? Like, what? 
Well, and she also says, well, it was rebel bombs that killed him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, so it's really heated here. Uh, and this is when he says that he's been in this fight since he was six, or he's been fighting since he was six. Mm-hmm. And kind of everything ends up sizzling down. This is when I'm like, I feel like they're like looking at each other like, are we going to hate fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I keep making jokes mm-hmm. later on in my notes about that. He's like, if we survive this, are we going to fuck? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't No, you don't chip it? Oh, I, 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 I feel like I just always... I think it can be played as platonic. I definitely yes. think it can be. I don't. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't think I realize that this. Or, there just there just doesn't seem to be anything. I like there. it. I, see, here's the thing: I like people being really antagonistic to each other, and I want to be like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this isn't even like a. I, I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast, but I know you and I have talked about it of why I didn't like Ray with literally anyone in the sequel trilogy because I think Ray is gay and she just hasn't realized that yet. But. It's it's not that, it's just, I just, I didn't really see or feel anything between them. Okay. And I just, did you later, I'm curious, or no? No, I still kind of did it, and even, okay. even when they were, like, on the beach, I was just like, oh, don't kiss, oh, don't kiss. Oh, like, oh. and I, I just, I, at first, one, I just, it's just a thing of, like, I wish there was a bit more women. Like, if there was just another girl on the team, like, yes, I absolutely love Where's Ahmed, but, like, if the pilot was just If the female. pilot was a girl, or, like, yeah, like, if there was just another woman, it made me realize of why I like The Mandalorian, at least season two, I guess. So much of, like, there were just so many women now, so it's just, like, because it's just like, of course the lead of the team's gonna fuck the girl. Like, the only girl. Like, it kind of, I, I felt like that and I didn't want it to be that. Uh, I mean, it could be, it could be, it could be like the original uh, trilogy where there's two women in the entire universe that we see. Yes, there's one woman and everyone wants to fuck her, including her brother. Like, no. Two. Well, there's that's, also the leader who we see in this movie. Mon Motha. Mon Motha. Yeah. That's that senator. Okay, that doesn't count. Well, no, 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 Yes. yes. <laughs> Leia's the no, only woman in the universe. that's actually one of the big points that I had with uh, recently I tried to rewatch the original trilogy because I grew up on them and they're I mean I still love them no original trilogy okay not prequels not prequels original trilogy because okay. I started the prequels and then Jam was like this is trash Jam's my mom <laughs> Jam was like this is trash and then bought me a new hope because mm-hmm. she also mom doesn't remember that story I told her that and she's like I don't remember doing oh that. my god I was like, I, mom this is a formative moment for Cookie you don't it really was it really was anyway and but the whole thing was like, so I grew up watching them. I remember specifically sitting by myself in our living room, cross-legged, probably eating like a bowl of goldfish. Way too close to the TV. Well way too close to the TV. <laughs> watching A New Hope and playing with those little drawers that had the, the CDs <laughs> in them. Yes. Yes. Very strange. Oh my God. But I remember it so specifically. But now I went to like rewatch them recently. And I, I, I didn't want to watch A New Hope again because I'd seen it so many times. So I started on Empire Strikes Back. And I remember they're on Hoth. And like, yeah, Leia is supposed to be like a commanding officer and everything. And everyone's paying attention to her. But I literally was like, everyone is a white man. Mm-hmm. Every single, like it became so glaring to me. Yeah. That I was like, why? Why is everyone a white man? Yeah, which is the thing that a bit like with this, like racially we are great but like gender yeah Jin is like the only main character really like yeah there's their moth mafa or whatever from the council and then there's also um there's another woman that we they show her yeah yeah and then later but like for the most part it's only her and i was just like why not just add another person yeah they could have easily made i do like him a lot as the pilot but i do understand what you're saying oh no i'm still fine like with ways ahmed being there but being like maybe like i make it that like cassian has like an a like you know but like a care-esque friend who's also with him and she's just yeah. also like you know his kind of number two sidekick in the alliance so she's just also there yeah, or they rescue like c 
you know, some other prisoner who's just a regular, like, Alliance-esque soldier in Saul's little little yeah. hideout thing, and she comes along. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, just I, I add, agree with that. Yeah. I think racially diverse, great. Uh, sex and gender, bad. No, yeah. And I also feel like they should have just committed to making them gay. Yes, yes, the husband should be husbands. Yes. Um, anyway. Because also they died, so they're never showing up in anything else. Right. I mean, not any other movie. Yeah. Like, which is a very bad, like, a, you know, Hayes Code-esque thing that your gays right. have to die at the end. Right. But, like, also, you know, but whatever. But out. For but everyone movie, dies, so do it. So it's do an it. easy out for a movie where you know everyone's gonna die. Yes, just make them be gay. Anyway, so we end up on Mustafar. They actually don't say the name of this planet. Oh, but it is Mustafar. I didn't know it. Yeah, a lot of people. I didn't know that. They, we get it. Oh, right. I, I recognize the name Mustafar from like stuff I've heard about the sequel. No, yeah, so yeah. It literally shows Vader's castle. So right. Yes, but I, 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 I would. I did not make the connection. I knew Mustafar was a thing, but until you said that, I had no idea. What else. I literally. Oh, this was so funny because I saw it and I was like, "Am I playing?" Uh, am I playing lightsaber dojo on VR? Love that game. It's Sorry. a game where you it's a VR game where you literally have a lightsaber and you, you kill things but you're supposed to be like Darth Vader in this yeah. training area. So it's on this oh, you're not. Oh well you're supposed to be training in You fight I, Darth Vader because there's three episodes, but it's all about Vader on most of the downfall. Yes, we got Way too sidetracked. Shut up. Yeah, I I'm love not, you. I'm not I'm not gonna start talking about beat saber. Let's keep going. <laughs> not beat sabers, different. I know. All Anyways. right. So <laughs> we get on this Jafar. What's his first of all? I want to say he has to spend that much time in Bacta still. Yeah. Remember, he gets when they come and he's yeah, in that like. Bat- no, I don't remember. Oh, oh, why in this one? Yes, yeah. that was like anything. That, that is a Bacta tank. That's a Bacta tank. Yeah. Well, he's just taking a break off. Well, he, he was dirty. Oh no no! You have to wear you have to wear like a whole yeah breather. You breathe but he always has to wear a breather. Thing. Yeah, sure. Well, no, like in general, when you're in a bacta tank, it's a healing. It, it, it's kind of like lava, a giant tub of stem cells. Is lava really worse I than mean, uh, being in a sarlacc? Yes. You gotta think about all the damage to tissue and stuff that it does versus a sarlacc. Sarlaccs don't really have stomach acid. They kind of just well, bring you down. They have stomach acid specifically because they feed off the pain and they want you to survive the pain as long as possible so they can be very painful hallucinations. Okay, I was, Read the, the Mandalorian armor, Brett. So, but the, the burns and stuff were also internal. What did I say about getting sidetracked? No, no, this is, a, this is but yes, he's still back. I hate this Darth Vader um, helmet. I can say that. I yeah. hate it. It looks like the fucking one you buy at a Target or a Toys R Us. I hate it. Could you not have just, I know you still have the original helmet. Could you not just pull it out and say, because it, it does, it looks cheap and like a toy. I agree. I even, you know, I forgot that it was a different helmet. Yeah, because it even- has the red eyes now and it's like, uh... Even today, watching it, I was like, that looks so weird. Why right? does that, the helmet look so much more plasticky? And I was like, well, it's been a while since I watched the trilogy because I couldn't get through it. And I was like, maybe I'm just misremembering. No, yeah. it's I completely think right. different. Um, so anyways, <laughs> jumping forward. Also, of course, Anakin is just being such a drama queen. Oh, yeah, that's all he does. I know. I mean, I'm sure the two people who listen to this podcast <laughs> are probably thinking, wow, Cork finally watched Clone Wars. But I finally watched Clone Wars, and now I can really say, yeah, gay. <laughs> Uh, no, not gay. Super straight. Yeah, but he's gay. He's dramatic. Dramatic. There's oh, the word you want to use. Yeah, no, but there's like a difference between gay and dramatic. Gay is like a dramatic and also like a drama queen and like putting on a whole front. And that's Anakin to a T. We use that word eccentric. But <laughs> right, we literally had the same conversation like last episode. We will have this conversation every episode. <laughs> no, we're hurting queer podcasts. Understand the differences. <laughs> so, oh, like literally the fact that he forced chokes him and then also had to give a pun. Oh, punny bitch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you don't choke on your aspirations. <laughs> and then what's that saying? Like, okay, sure. Love it, though. <laughs> 100% co-sign on that. Love it. So. 
So back at the gravel base. Yeah, back at uh, Yavin 4. Um, basically, Jin is telling them about the message that they need to send an elite group of soldiers to Saraf to get the plans so that they can destroy the Death Star. And the Alliance is pretty much split of saying like, no, this is too far. We can't do this. We've reached our limit of what we can do. Yeah. Um, and others are like, no, we have to fight. We should go. And basically it ends up getting decided that if the whole council can't agree, then They're they can't happen. agree. Yeah. It's not going to happen. And so then they basically said, cool speech, but not sis. Um, yeah. So then Jin walks out and I do like that Bodhi was like standing beside her the entire time. And then instantly also like turns out and walks away with her. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Like that we've like said and then yeah she goes out also, can I just say real quick, Bill Organa, almost as immortal as Oh, yeah, he's ageless. <laughs> he, how he looks there? Yeah. That's how he looks at the beginning of the Cold War series. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, I, when he's I, hanging out with Padme. That's how he looks. Before his daughter is no, born. No, but I feel like this This is this isn't a Bo-Katan. This might be a Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith might be immortal. Uh, I was going to say Paul Rudd. Same thing. But I mean, yeah. I, like, he, no, because <laughs> I've seen at least clips of him in the prequels. And he looks the same as he does here and the same as he does. And that one season 24 right. when he was playing a presidential candidate. He, he might be. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. He um, might be Paul White Immortal, yeah. yeah. But we're literally saying 20 years has passed. Yep. This is not 20 years after the man has amazing genes. <laughs> He's literally hanging out with Padme years before she's pregnant with the daughter he raises, and at this point is like 20 years old. Yep. And he looks the same. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah, well, aging and Star Wars is down. It really is. <laughs> um, how much time you spend in light? How much time you spend in the hyperdrive uh, changes how old you are. So also, I would like to say that Saul clearly raised her because she says, "Fuck all of y'all. We're yeah. doing this anyway because this is the right thing to do." Yeah. yeah. So she, this is yeah. She so she walks out with the husbands and they're like, mm-hmm. "Well, war for you." And then Dave Bolina comes up and is like, "Also, we support you all. Also, these. This is specifically all men, men behind him as a lizard." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but there's a liz- there's lizard representation. There was no women representation. Yeah, a few male aliens. Clearly male aliens. Like, I think that was a male-footed alien. Yeah. Yeah. Which, Uh, that that was this thing that was like, why are not at least a couple of you women? Right. Mm. Brett, also here. Yeah. Eh? During that, over the PA, you know what it says? What? General Sindala, please report to the briefing room. (laughs) That's the, that's one of the people from Rebels. It's like, General Sindala, please report. And I literally put, and bring your man to child in the clone. (laughs) I feel like all the little PA references are like things that I've heard of because I know it, one of them, it's like, it's like Commander Antilles report and it's like Wedge Antilles. Yes! Yes. And they're all like, I feel like little Easter egg references. I didn't even hear the Antilles one. I had something to other times. He's a, uh, he's, um, He's also, they show his origin story. In Rome, yeah. But uh, General Sadala is Hera Sadala, the uh, the woman Twi'lek who's like fat as fuck. She wears these ridiculous it. pants. Oh my god, her fucking She fucks the Jedi. She adopts all the children ever. Okay. Um, She's literally the misfit mom. <laughs> yeah, literally. And then hopefully, people hope that she's going to be who replaces Kara and Rangers of the New Republic. Ah, uh, okay. Which would be so I love it. I mean, she's basically the she's... head of Phoenix Squadron. She's so much better. Like, at this point, she's a general. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ezra's off and whatever the fuck. In between. Yeah. Fucking Thrawn. Anyway. Kill it, though. (laughs) So. (laughs) 
Cassian also has a speech about like, you know, that they have to fight for what they believe in. <laughs> Literally, but who else wants to make a speech while we're at it? <laughs> like, I feel like everyone was. The lizard just gets out of the crowd like, I have something to say. Well, and then K2 was also like, and he's like, like, I'm with you. But Cassian said I had to be. Yeah. <laughs> Which I kind of like that they're like playing off as like inspirational speeches. Yes. But then they made it another K2 yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Valentinic <laughs> deliveries and the jokes are okay. Just yeah. every time. The man is gold when it comes to voice acting and just acting. See, again, I was, see, I was shifting them. And so I just said, when they were going together, like, of like having that moment, I was like, what the fuck if we survive this? But I also get that you can play it platonic. But you know me. Yes. I'm always ready for everyone to fuck. So as they're leaving, we say the name of the movie. Yeah, they all go, yeah, because it's basically because Jen is just like, well, improv voting music. Uh, Rogue, Rogue One. And they're like, there's no Rogue One. And KT was like, there is now. He's like, road one, pull it away. Yeah. yeah, so they all fly around on the stolen Imperial ship that they had uh, gotten mm-hmm. from the previous It's another ship is on it. I can't. It looks like a sea turtle. I know. Sea turtle arms? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> it looks like it should wave its arms and legs. I wish we had some sort of visual element here. Quick, can I We're all stupidly like, waving our arms. <laughs> we can just turn sea turtle arms. But yes, I agree. And then also we have a moment of uh, Mon Matha and Vale basically saying that they had to, that they were going to send the message to their Jedi friend and Bale was going to send a woman he trusted very much with his life. I was like, I'm going to send my daughter to get Obi-Wan Kenobi. What? (laughs) Maybe you've seen some other movie. Yeah, uh, real real quick, because we're we're also playing this in the background as we do with everything. Um, That's a clouded kyber crystal on her thing. It just, just, plainly, that's a clouded crystal. Those things are like, not only rare, the abilities you can use because of them. You can literally create like a clone of yourself made out of the force, projecting through that crystal. It's cool. Oh, is that possible? No, wait, it makes your it makes the blade of the lightsaber clear. You cannot see the blade of the lightsaber. Oh, so is that possibly if it's some like super power carbon crystal? How she's able to because I know she's like like praying with the carbon crystal when like uh Rizam and K2 are trying to um get them be able to do possible. The gate I, I'm not saying it's impossible, I just know it's over. Also, I really like this fucking gate thing. This is feeling like I know I've said it on a couple of things, like I really like like NASA history and stuff. It, this just feels very like space, like actually. It feels really feels... grounded in reality. Yes, yes. yeah, that's what I that's what I'm if you had a protected base, you wouldn't want just anyone to be able to run right through the atmosphere. Yeah. 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 It feels very like, yeah, actual like future space NASA shit. I literally put, have to get through gate using old codes. And I said, see, Rex would have been helpful. We should have asked General oh Sadala for her clone. <laughs> <laughs> And they do end up making it through. I guess at some point they gave each other another face because I said, death gonna fuck. Oh, they, I think it's right here when they like get down and they're like, oh, we're ready to go. And then like Cassian's like, mm, you want to give a speech? And so she gives a speech and then he's so, like, whose turn is it to monologue? <laughs> Who hasn't monologued yet? So monologue? she she monologues about how like, yeah, her... her... She specifically quotes Saul Gerrera. Yes. She literally says like, Saul said that like one desperate man with a... With a sharpened stick. Can, can win the day. Yeah. Basically says they have no reason to expect us. Yeah. We can do this. Like, we just need to make it happen. Yeah, we just need to make it from one chance to another until, until we're, our chances are spent. Yeah. And that's when, yeah, and then casting comes in and gives, like, specific orders to specific members of all of everyone who came with them. So they have to take over the Citadel Tower. Again, Star Wars. 
the the Empire just loves the word Citadel. They do. I feel like sci-fi fantasy should always love the word Citadel. So this is the Citadel. Mm. We also have, there's a prison in Clone Wars called the Citadel. The test the clones have to get to pass is called the Citadel. Yeah, no, yeah. Nikki has a point though, because literally every sci-fi thing I know has a Citadel, the Citadel. The Citadel in Game of Thrones. The attack on the Citadel. What three? (laughs) I I think it's too much Citadels. Pick a different word. Pick a stronghold. Give me a stronghold. That sound is cool. <laughs> I guess not. Basically said that they need to make it look like 10 people are 100 people. Yeah. Basically spread as far as you can, blow up as much as you can, spread out and just engage as, as many fronts as you can so that you pull the troopers away from them trying to get them from me. Yeah. So uh, an Imperial party is going to board their ship and of course we kill them and steal their uniforms because this is Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> We're always stealing uniforms. Um, <laughs> so they end up making it inside. When, when I say making it inside, I mean K2, yeah. um, Jin, and Cassian make it inside. And as they're walking through the base, the attack starts and all of the stormtroopers start breaking and going towards these fights. During this, Tarkin ends up hearing about the attack and decides that they're going to take the Death Star there as an extra backup. He also asks where Kernick is and they're like, oh, he's he's there. <laughs> he happens to be there. Yes, because Kernick was coming to get all of the... I guess, is he coming to get um, Galen's files? No, I think he was just there for, like, added security. Like, okay. I think he was just double-checking on security. I didn't think he knew that, like... But I guess he didn't know that, that the, the plans were Yeah, like, the what I was looking at, mm. trying to get the death And from this point, or could you... Uh, what, like, minute are we at right now? Nope. Uh, right. So we are at about the 90th minute. Okay, we'll so we got like 45 minutes left. minutes left. It's just literally a war movie from here to the right. end. It's this but battle. I don't with... think it. I don't think it lost my attention too much. No, I feel like it, that's what I'm writing was, notes. That was why I brought it up is because I think there is enough interesting elements going on that the fact that like this is the last 45 minutes, it is just a it is a battle scene. Mm-hmm. But there's so many different little elements that are going on throughout it, and so many different things with all the different characters that it it doesn't feel like we've just suddenly dropped into like a war movie because there's all right. I mean it does but like in like a in a good way like that there yeah. are there's not movies. enough boffins shut up there's a whole joke that in the in the New Hope like yeah, there's a lot of boffins tied to, to bring us this information but there's no boffins no in boffins. the movie <laughs> it's just like what where are they <laughs> but it, yeah no I understand exactly what you're saying mm-hmm. is because I did end up writing these notes pretty quickly and I when I was taking my notes on it I did kind of skip through yeah but like watching it I really do like watching oh, yeah. this it's part good. um because visually talking looks, about it that was kind of strange yes visually it looks really good because also they're on like this tropic beach I do really like that it is in like bright sunshine daytime because mm-hmm. yes. usually with big battles you put it in like like evening you put it in dark and you make it be like rainy or something so it's like easier to cover up the CGI but they clearly have the money so they just did, did it mm-hmm. like it's not dark and rainy like it is or, like the battle of Helm's Deep yeah, like, like exactly. even at, when they were on Edu like yeah yeah. so I, I do like that we're just we're in this very tropical setting and it is bright as shit and, is in the and I don't think day. we've ever really seen a tropical tropical setting like this in no. Star Wars no. before. Yeah, no, that, I, I didn't know if we had before. I don't I, think we have. Because that's, we've seen a lot of deserts, but I don't think we've ever, we've, ever seen I don't think we've ever seen palm trees yet. I feel like from what, at least my experience, I feel like it is like forests. 
or desert, mm-hmm. which is why I like when we were in Jetta City because I feel like I've never really seen. I've not, I have not watched the prequels, so I feel like I've never seen anything that's been in like a city, and definitely nothing that is on like a chain of tropical islands, which is like what mm-hmm. this is. Yeah. And so uh, yeah, I do. I, yeah, and so too. again, I think the best thing about this movie is the visual. Yes, I like the characters a lot. Some people said that they had that they never felt like they connected with the characters because they thought they were going because they knew they were going to die. And I'm like, what, what? How does that make you not connect with the characters? Yeah, I guess I had no frame of reference of knowing if they were going to die. I mean, I assumed that they were probably going to die. I guess since they had never showed up in anything else. Right, that was kind of, but I didn't, like... I knew nothing about it. I still can like them, even if I think they're going to die. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yeah. feel like that's kind of a weird disconnect there. Yeah. So... Also, K2's weird, like, brain stab with another K2. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he needs to get, like, maps for the base, so yes. Yeah, so like, uh, also, terrifying. the rebels do, during this time, as they're monitoring, uh, basically, rebel, or not rebel, Imperial Communications, they find out that shit's going down on Scar. So they send pilots and say, all right, clearly no one listened to us. Yes. <laughs> this is a fight that's worth doing. Yes. It's, it's been forced upon us. A lot of, especially the fighter pilots, wanted to do it in the first place. Yeah. yeah. Like, I know, like, a lieutenant comes up and they're like, well, where's, you know, your commanding officer? He's like, he already left. Yeah. <laughs> He's already on his way. Yeah, it seemed like the council was kind of forcing to, like, well, so many of our soldiers already went, so we yeah. have to kind yeah. of support this. And even Mar Moffa seemed pretty happy about it. Like, she gave a little yes. smart. Yeah. 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 So they realized that they're not going to be able that basically the planet is put on lockdown, the base is on lockdown. They're not going to be able to take the plants off of the planet. They're going to have to transmit them. So the fighters arrive and they make, some of them make it through the gate right before it closes. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, this is the first time we've ever seen sand troopers in a movie. Yes. Which I loved. The sand troopers. And if you look, the a lot of them have um, that early pauldron that didn't have. Oh, yeah. yeah. He got it from a sand trooper. Yeah. I think they're actually short troopers. Okay. <laughs> they're literally called two different things with the same color armor in multiple locations. My bad. So they basically make it to the record room and the fighting is continuing on the beaches. They seem like they have a good amount of people spread out. As reinforcements are starting to arrive, they're holding their own. During all this, Kay seals them into the oh my god, into the records room to engage the troopers, but he doesn't lock the vault yet. Yeah. He just closes the door. Yeah, this is why I have to use this weird like giant library arms. Like, yeah, it seems like a really inefficient system. It does, yeah. Why not just have a computer move the arms to the place you type in? <laughs> Dramatic <laughs> effect. <laughs> gay. <laughs> Even the technology, gay. <laughs> So they basically need to get the message to the fleet, but the only way to do that is that they need to switch on the master switch mm-hmm. and the gate needs to be destroyed so they can actually transmit the message to the ship. Yeah, so so Cassian basically tells Bodhi, like, you have to connect us in, like, connect to the master switch. Or Bodhi realizes he needs mm-hmm. to connect to the master switch to get a message up to the fleet yeah. who is outside of the shield to say, mm-hmm. like, you have to destroy the shield and then we will be able to get you the, the Death Star plans. Right. Like, we'll be able to transmit them to you because we're not going to be able to get them off the planet because right so during all of this um as Bodhi is kind of taking the line to connect to the comms power uh another group of troopers I know that's, that was kind of the thing like it's very nice to watch yeah it's weird to explain of what's happening yes so basically like, there's assaults going on battle on the scene, gate battle scene battle mm-hmm. scene yeah. yeah and then they're like specific things like like Cassian and, and Jim made it to the record zoom and then battle I, battle battle <laughs> I literally said that they're playing a high stakes call machine game oh my god yes which like why, why? the claw <laughs> yeah. so as they're finding it they realize that the code name under it is Stardust and K2 
is able to tell them where it is, but he goes down as he's fighting off the stormtroopers and basically tells them that they can still broadcast it from the tower. They just need to get the tape to the tower. Yeah, so they just need to climb yeah. up the crazy library thing and they will be back. Yes. And also, yeah, K2 is our first character. Our first, like, I guess, our main, first main, main character, character to die. die. Yeah. yeah. So um, then we kind of cut to needing this master switch problem. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a huge fight to try to get to it. And a bunch of them are held back. And basically, Chura is like, all right, I'll, I'll do it. And he does his whole, I'm one with the force, the force is with me thing. Yeah. Um, as he moves through, Boss tries to get them to stop, mm-hmm. but he's really focused. So Chura does end up getting to the switch and turning it on, but then someone basically explodes it and yeah, he, he falls it. back. His husband runs to him and then basically it's really sad guys. And then we, I think we'll cut it in somewhere. Bodhi is able, because Bodhi had gotten the switch mm-hmm. on the other end, and is able to get up to, it's not Admiral Akbar, but it's another of the same. Mon Calamari? Yes. Mm-hmm. He's able to get it up to him, and so they now know that. But, like, yeah. you have to get the shield down and the transmission will come. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And during all of this, Jin and um, Cassian is climbing up and they are now being followed and shot at by Kenra. Uh, why can't I not remember his name? For the life of me. Bad boy. Yeah, bad boy. <laughs> yeah, the bad guy. <laughs> bad boy, Mr. White Poncho. Yeah. Um, Krennic. Krennic. Thank there you. Is. Krennic. Yeah, so they're, they're, yeah, they're climbing up the, a very... Krennic. Krennic. Yes. <laughs> they're climbing up a very mythical whatever problem. There are no guardrails <laughs> on this library. Yes. Um, so, yes. And during this, like, shootout, Cassian ends up falling, but Jin keeps climbing up. Well, he falls like, and he hits, like, a support beam, a support beam, and then lands on a platform. Not that far down from where she is. Mm-hmm. But she's just like, well, fuck it, and then just keep running. Yeah. So as Bodhi makes contact and tells them that they need to have, they need to break the shield. He gets the message through, but a grenade is thrown into the ship, yep. and he dies. Mm-hmm. This is where you're starting to realize, oh, everyone's about to die, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> this is getting worse. Because have we gotten to Boz dying, or just... Do we right after back? this, okay. right after that, then Boz, basically after he realizes that, he does, you know, they have like their little sad yeah. husband's dying thing. Mm-hmm. And then Boz is, does, basically does the forces with me, along with the force. I in my nose, Baz is going out hard. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And he is, yes, he, does. he has taken out everyone. He yeah. is like fucking. He's up. like Boromir dying. Like he's yes. taking out as much as he <laughs> fucking can. And then it's the gayest fucking thing when he, he shoots one stormtrooper that has a grenade in his hand. And so he knows, and he's too close, and he can't move. He's so injured. So he just looks back oh, at Kirk yeah. and just like kind of like kind of smiles at him. And then like the flames just come up from behind yes. him and he's exploding. Yeah. And it's just like that so guy, that guy. Also, so yes, sad. also sad. But I mean, yes, sad, sad. Yeah. Um. Ugh. So they basically decide that the best way, after all their bombs, all their um, A wings and X wings are doing shit against the shield, and one of the Storm, not the storm. Oh, one of the stormtroopers. What the fuck am I saying? One of the star destroyers. Yeah. Is basically has lost power. They just had the best thing that they can do is push that into the other one and get them to both crash into the shield. Which was a very cool. I love. Because even like the one Mon Calamari general guy is just like, oh, let's en- let's like, I have an idea. Let's engage. Because um, someone like a, a couple X-Wings hit it with ion cannons. Uh-huh. And they're just like, he's like, oh, I have an idea. I need a hammerhead. Or, like yeah. a hammerhead five or something. I was like, I don't know what that is. And then it's literally and a ship that just yep. battery rams it and pushes it into the other mm-hmm. ship. And I'm just like, oh, okay. So they basically go crashing into each other and crash down into the shield. And it's just so much that it ends up destroying the yes. shield. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Why did I say that like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jin gets to the top of the basically transmitter yeah, tower, the tower. The tower. Yeah. yeah. And of course, she has one more side quest. She has to realign the the uh, antenna. So she ends up going to realign it. She gets. It's a really good thing she's afraid of heights of this whole oh, mission fails. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> so she gets to uh, realign it. She manages to realign it, and then a fighter comes and basically shoots out part of the bridge. Yeah. She almost falls. She gets her ass back up because that's just who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, and thankfully, there's a lot of upper body strength when she has needed much oh, in this yeah. last couple of scenes. The work cap. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so just as she's about to transmit, of course, our boy Imperial comes back. Or yeah, bad boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's ready to fight. So he's like, who are you? Is like convinced that she's some secret person. She's like, I'm the daughter of oh, Galen or something. I'm a bad bitch now. <laughs> No, the, the line that uh, Kylo says to Ray, like, you're nothing. I'm nobody. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're But not to me. <laughs> yeah. So she basically, I just wrote, I'm Jim, bitch. <laughs> Pretty much what she says. Mm-hmm. Uh, during this whole conversation, Cassian survived breaking his spine, I guess. <laughs> and yeah. shoots severely, uh, severely bruising his spine. It might have been like the top of his back, then his lower back, then his spine you know it was distracting. that's all his spine it's all his back you dumbass wasn't that helpful i don't know yeah it, it felt a bit whatever i don't care yeah yeah it's star wars i don't care i'm here for the fantasy mm. that's the whole point of yeah. it so he kills him mid monologue says no we're done yeah. you don't get a monologue <laughs> Um, so they're able to transmit the plans, and since the shield is broken, our Mon Calamari guy does get the plans, mm-hmm. and the Death Star, though, is here. I do also, like, there's one visual of, um, Kiernet, uh, Kiernet, Kenneth. Kenneth. Chronic. Karen. Chronic. <laughs> chronic Karen. Chronic Karen. Is there yeah, he's a chronic Karen. He is a chronic And he, like, looks up into the sky, and, like, it's, like, this beautiful, clear smoke. There's, like, the smoke, but then it's, like, obviously this, like, you know, cool open blue sky and then just like the Death Star is just there it almost looks like I don't know it almost looks like peaceful it looks very strange it looks yeah. like it's like a very close to the planet moon or something like, right yeah. like it doesn't look so it took me even a second this time I was like oh this is a really funny shot and I was like oh fuck that's a Death Star like, right yeah. yes I really love that shot because he realizes instantly I'm fucked yeah like he it's there this whole shit is happening I'm gonna die yeah Um. so the Death Star does end up firing Cassian and Jin end up making it to the beach. They're on the elevator. They have a moment. There's a lot of moments in elevators in Star Wars. I think it might have been in the elevator where I wrote, uh, don't kiss. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they, because I just, I... It, it was probably, you could have seen it happening. You could have been, uh, see, here's the thing. I like see, that nothing, I like that none of this, No, I, I do like the idea that none of the romantic relationships were spelled out and confirmed. See, this the is, thing that annoys me is I didn't want them to kiss is because they don't let the husbands do anything. Agreed. I think if, if we if had... If they a, had let the husbands actually be husbands, sure, then Jin and Cassian could have been fucking in that elevator and I would not have minded. Well, honestly, I liked that. See, here's the thing is I would have preferred the husbands kissing and having a true romantic relationship and then keeping Jin and Cassian being this weird, like, maybe this could have been in the future. Yes. Because here's the thing, they don't know each other. Exactly. And that's the point. It's just the fact of, like, I don't want the straights to be able to do anything when the gays got to do nothing. 
And right. we have, didn't even confirm them as But clearly, guests. we had an established relationship now. They've known each other for years. Yeah, but but they didn't get to do anything that that's actually what, brought Yeah, that's Cassa what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, it makes sense for Jin and Cassian not to be comfortable with making out as they die. Because mm-hmm. they met each other four days ago. Mm-hmm. It would have made sense for, like, even for, like, Baze to, like, kiss Churrit on the cheek or something after he had died. Or, like, yeah. the whole forehead or something. Yes. If even then the you old... could, like, if you, if you had to, you could, like, if, you, if you had to, you could defend it. Oh, for it could have been like he was he was his old his older mentor. You could have there could literally any way you could describe it, and the community would be like gay. Yeah, and all the Christians would be like, no, they're just really close friends. He's saying goodbye to his dead friend. Exactly, they yeah. could they explain were it away. together. Yeah, exactly. They were super religious men that bonded together through yeah. the force. Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, no, I was so, going to say, like, all this is happening. This is probably the least soap opera Star Wars thing. Right. Yeah, we it don't have enough time least. for that. <laughs> right. Well, fair. But yeah, it's like, it's the only Star Wars thing where I'm like, this isn't a soap opera. Yeah, I, I agree. If, I think that's one of the reasons why I like this so much is, I mean, I will, I'm 100% on the train that Rogue One is one of my all-time favorite Star Wars movies. Honestly, it's crazy. Crazy as this is, I think it's gonna be. I think I have to say it's my favorite Star Wars movie, huh. or at least it's the most rewatchable for me. Until they make the Mandalorian movie. <laughs> Until they make. Because <laughs> um, I love. I would probably say my second. Oh my god, this is really. Oof, this is gonna put me out with people. I'd probably say my second favorite is The Last Jedi, and then I would say the original trilogy. Yeah. See, I'm. Because I didn't want to rewatch this, uh, because I like the experience of it being in the theater and realizing like, oh, everyone's going to die. So I didn't want to rewatch it. See, I rewatched. I probably rewatched this twice. A I week. remember you buying the box, the DVD, and not the like Walmart version, but not the, like the checkout Kroger version. You actually went out and bought the legit version of the DVD, which was big for you at the time. Yeah, I lo- I just think that here's the thing: is I get what you're saying is that the whole experience of knowing everyone's gonna die the first time seeing this movie I don't think it's ever gonna live up to that but I still enjoy it every time because of the visuals no I really really enjoyed it this time too but it was just I didn't want to re-watch it because of that Experience. that thing it was such like the first viewing was so amazing and I was like I'm not gonna be able to relive that but I feel like this one is I realized it's like I really like the dynamics of this entire squad that they create I do really like it and yeah and of course the visuals are amazing like, oh let me say my last piece to the end yeah, before we have final thoughts because we kind of skipped Yeah, we did kind of go to final thoughts. Um, like, actually end this battle when I do that, which might so, be an unnecessary final scene I want to discuss. Okay, so Cassian and Jin are on the beach. They get there and they're seeing that the world, just like Jeddah, is going on. Yeah, basically the land is and coming up like a wave toward them. Yeah, basically Cassian says that like your father would be proud of you. Yeah. And <laughs> but I guess we won't get to fuck, huh? <laughs> and then <laughs> Well they hold hands and then they hug so Yeah they hold again. But again, so could be proud. They didn't kiss. They they didn't I, kiss. I really like that they didn't kiss. I agree. I agree. I hundred percent agree with that. Because so they were literally like okay I get it. Like if you guys want to start fucking and then literally die mid fuck I do understand wanting to do that. But also, I like that they just, they were just, like, holding each other right. when they died. Well, because let's be honest, if you know you're about to die, and you're with some other person that you're kind of friendly with, you're probably just going to be like, let's just hold each other, we're about to fucking die. <laughs> we're about to be incinerated. So, at this point, Vader's like, prepare a boarding party. Yeah. So, uh, that was my great Darth Vader voice, yeah, everyone. <laughs> so, Vader ends up boarding the ship. Oh, <laughs> Vader says that he wants to board, and then I said, guess we won't get the fuck Vader boards guess we'll hug then huh <laughs> <laughs> I was like wait what did I say <laughs> 
So then we have like Vader going through that hallway scene, and he's like killing them through like different like the forces. beginning of an, the beginning of. Uh... But that isn't that part. There isn't. No, no, no. It's close, but it's because it's a different ship. It is a different ship. Because Leia's on the ship. Yeah. At the beginning. Wait. So that isn't actually like a recreation of a scene from the original trilogy. No. You okay. you think it is because it's very close. It's very similar. I literally had no idea. <laughs> so I, you know, I only noticed this time. Okay. And then, so, I do kind of like how frantic and scared that last officer is, and they're trying to get the door open, he's like, just take it, just take it, just go. Yeah. Just go. And so they end up going, and they get it to Leia, and then we have a slightly creepy Leia. Less creepy than... Yeah. Same as we Um Again, I think it was so short that it worked. There's, like, one thing. When did... Because I remember thinking, was this very close to when Carrie Fisher died? Yeah. Yes. I remember it thinking... Was, it was... It released the cold. week of. Or was it really... It literally lit because I remember cheering because it, I think oh. they said and they didn't put in in memory of no they did they no said, they didn't until they didn't Jedi. Yeah. they didn't until the last because I remember we were debating whether or not they were going to because it happened I want to say at okay. least like two or three days after it, uh, Terry Fisher died on December 27, 2016. yeah and this premiered uh at, I think I think at like almost the exact same time yeah because uh, they decided to do the younger Terry Fisher anyway yeah you know what yeah. I mean yeah. to CGI it in the first place because they needed her to look like. She was when she was 17. December 16th. So it was what? So a few days before. It was 11 days before. Before Terry Fisher died. Okay. So a lot of people didn't see it until right after she died. Yeah. Yeah. Like us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. The second time. No, I think we saw it. I think we I saw it around. Saw, I only saw it once. I know we saw it around the You went and saw we it. We were like, on the, the premiere. Key. I think I was right. working or something. I mean, what are you guys' lasting thoughts of Rogue One? I think, honestly, in my opinion, I think Rogue One embodies all of what I think is good about Star Wars. We have some of that found family. We have some of that connection to our real family. I feel like Jin is a, a good in-between of, of like being like, you know, because we can see the connections to Galen and her mother, and we can also see the connections to Saul, the person who kind of raised her, mm -hmm. and we can also see her denial of wanting to truly come into what she needs, knows needs to happen. Yeah. And then we also get Cassian, who was like the perfect rebel spy. Yeah. Um, and it's also, the whole point is that's a ragtag group who just decides, fuck everything, let's do what we think is best. And I think that's what embodies Star Wars in general. Yeah, no, and I do like it. I just, I, um, I feel like the whole last scene might be unnecessary. I kind of wish it ended with <laughs> Cassian and Jen dying on the beach. I kind of because because as I was saying the last 45 minutes and I guess cutting out that last scene I guess the last 35 minutes I guess are just a fucking war movie yeah. and I would like if that war movie element just ended with our two heroes dying because there's no way to escape this battle. And I I kind of wish it just ended there and then just like quietly and slowly went to credit. And I, because I feel like the last scene was so, ex it was exciting. And I don't know if I wanted an exciting ending. I after think they chose that specifically because it is a prequel. Yeah, but like I. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do get the reasoning of like. Yeah, but it just, it felt like it made me excited. Maybe this is, you know what, you know what, this might actually be. You know what, one of the digestives came out December 16th. Mm -hmm. yeah. I bet I, I bet we went and saw this, and then I was home for Christmas. And that must have been when I came home to your guys' place and I watched I the watched original trilogy on my phone. That must have been what did I it. I think it was. That I must have been what did it. That. 
Because <laughs> yeah. I don't think I really cared before. Because I was just like, well, I... Because I, I, the, the one thing of what I liked with the sequel trilogy is it seemed like, at least in the first one, it was like... Because it was like Ray and Finn have a very, like, oh, these legends of, like, you know, like Han Solo and, like, and like you know, General Organo and stuff. And then Luke Skywalker. And it's just this weird myth that they don't really know anything about. Which felt like what I also kind of knew about them. So I didn't want to research... Like, I didn't want to look any more into it. Yeah. But I feel like in this one, I was like, oh, this leads... I liked this movie, and it leads specifically into the original trilogy, so now I'll watch the original trilogy. So I guess this is what actually got me to watch it. Well, I think also, I don't think that this is just a good Star Wars movie. I think it's a good movie. Mm -hmm. And I think that even someone who has, like, a somewhat interest in sci-fi would be able... Like, someone who's willing to watch a sci-fi movie would be willing to watch and enjoy it. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah I'm about to go off real quick. The, the, the ship diversity in this movie as well. Like, we see so many different Star Wars ships. Specifically, like, even in one of the bigger scenes, you see the Hammerhead-style Corvette. I thought we were talking about relationships. Not just that. I was talking about, like, I spaceships. love the amount of times we've had this confusion on the podcast. Um, no, the spaceship. Like, we see the Hammerhead-class Corvette mm -hmm. ram into a Star Destroyer, use it to rip another Star Destroyer. That is literally what it was designed for. You see the TIE Interceptor, which is the the Empire version of the U-Wing. You see different classes of TIE you see different... all. It's just, you see diversity of a bunch of the different stuff they use. Right, I think that, I think, I, love I don't that. know if maybe, I maybe think even more than The Mandalorian, this did better at putting in those niche, those niche fan call-outs without... It did better than uh, Rise of Skywalker, which oh. I feel like was 90% fan service. But I feel like it was 90% fan service. This movie did it classy. That's what I'm saying. And I think yeah. Mandalorian does it pretty classy too. Yeah. yeah. But you said that you felt like there were times where you were like, oh, Joanne, is this, should I be understanding this or something? What? In the Mandalorian? Didn't yeah. you say that? A couple times there have been stuff. Or well, like, you know, stuff like there have been Well, because this time when I just rewatched it to do my notes, which was the first time I've rewatched it since I watched Rebels, hearing the General Sindala, I was like, oh my God, we're talking about Hera. Yeah. Like, I was so excited. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I feel like it's been, but it's been very big moments in The Mandalorian where I feel like it's been like they've been like like intentionally lingering on something or like um I know I've said some stuff of like you know big fucking music cues of like when Tamoya Morrison turned around at the end of the Marshall and I was like I don't know who that is but like and I was like oh it's probably okay but like but I feel like no I, I yeah I feel like weirdly there are things that like I have learned from other weird Star Wars stuff like I noticed the fucking they, they used to like Commander and Hiller's place come to conference room 157 or whatever the fuck it was yeah, yeah. like and I was just like, oh, I know Wedge Antilles is a character. Like, right. And so, it, you know, and it was it was stuff like that. And even it was just like, I know they weren't Amal Akbar, but it looked very similar to what I've seen of where Amal Akbar was mm -hmm. doing a similar trip to that. Like, and even to the fact of like Mon Motha, whatever the fuck she, like, yeah. she, I know she's not, but it seemed like, oh, we're just like a member of the Senate who also is kind of here with the rebellion. And it, it reminded me of Laura Dern's character from Lost Jedi. Yeah. 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 Of like, we're just, that would like, be fair. Mm -hmm. yeah, we're just a very like great seeming woman who's wearing like a ball gown here yes. at this rebel phase yeah. for some goddamn reason but like yeah but no i i i like it a lot i feel like it's a good it's a good yeah it's a good yeah. and it was a great entry point because it, it does right like it does connect a lot but i mean i i saw it after i saw force awakens and i was you know i, I enjoyed it i liked the characters mm -hmm. um, i didn't get a lot of the connection thing until right. literally at the end where it's very obvious when god is killing people in a hallway and then he literally right. someone has a, a you know a flash drive to Leia so I was like okay I get that mm -hmm. yep. so do we want to end this 
here. I think it's about time. Yeah, yeah. I guess um, I am curious if any of you guys want to tell us what you think about Rogue One or anything in general. We'd love to hear from you guys on what is our we uh, podcast at gmail.com or we are weekashapod on uh, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. Seriously, we would love to hear from you guys if you're ever interested in chatting. Yeah, yeah or like, you know, or, or episode suggestions. We, yeah. we, have a, we have a very long off-season until Book of Boba Fett starts. So. <laughs> Let us know if you hate or love um, <laughs> Rogue One because we know there's no in-between babies. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Alright, so I guess Hopefully next time we'll be talking about Marika May, won't we be? Uh, it's going to be Mutant May. Mutant May, I'm sorry. Mutant yeah. Marika May. Yes, because uh, <laughs> for the next... Uh, my birthday is at the end of May, and on my birthday last year, uh, I guess we'll just keep it at this for this episode. Quick, uh, got me into a situation that led led to me spending the night of my 29th birthday handcuffed in a parking lot. So in retaliation for that, we were going to be talking about the X Men for the next two episodes. Oh, so you don't want to protest police brutality, Art Marika? <laughs> hide that for the next episode, Cork. Oh, sorry. That, I guess that's a teaser. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, this is a little bit the uh, the origin of uh, Navarro's. Fuck the police. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm excited. New uh, X Men, dupe, 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 dupe. <laughs> We're no. just going to talk about Doom, no. even though we're talking about a thousand other things. Yes. No, we are not talking. Okay, so for our next episode, oh god, me not looking up dates. Um, this is a trend at this point. And I'm sure Cork will at some point be talking about Bad Batch when no one asks. Oh no, wait, wait, no, oh fuck. <laughs> yes, well, you no, know, I could also go off Oh wait, are we going to have to become, there's not enough Monday, there's not enough Tuesdays in May. Okay. I guess we'll, okay, well, I guess we'll also. We can do an extra day. Okay, so I guess we will be back on May 11th, where we'll be talking about, um, Possibly my favorite ever X-Men book. We will be talking about Marauders 2019, issue 1 through 12, and also 16. Okay. Which is kind of the first big arc of uh, Marauders 2019. Okay. Because if you want to support your local bookstores, it is the... Bookstores. Comics. Comic bookstores. Thank you. It is the first two trades plus issue 16. Okay. All so, right. Yeah. Sorry if you absolutely hate the X-Men and are only here for Star Wars, but you know. If not, we'll, we'll get you back in June, love. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so this is a little bit of oh, us starting uh, Pride Month early because all of my X-Men shit is queer because, of course, yes. Because we all queer here. Eh. Oh, that rhymes. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Kawashi. Matashimi. Well, I just didn't like the look of those guys. I thought it was appropriate for how Anakin was the third one. Well, can you talk in normal volume for a second? Yeah, I'm talking in normal volume. Am I talking in all of You're gonna have to Kawashi Vode. Kawashi. What is wrong with me? Sukui Garvode. Oh my god, what is wrong with me right now? You know what I mean, too. Um, Brett, can you turn on the AC? Yes. Hold on. Pause because I need to get a drink anyway. What the fuck did I. I'm trying to remember how this wrote. Uh, Scarif something baby is literally what I wrote. We're going to Scarif baby? No. Probably could do better.